Welcome to Reading and Ranting, where we read obsessively and rant about life in our 20s. I'm Carly. And I'm Mia. And today we're so excited to once again openly talk about the shit show that is your 20s. That's right. Today's episode is going to be about some of the self-help books that I've enjoyed over the last few years. And we're talking about setting intentions for the new year because we literally cannot believe it, but welcome to 2024. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about entering a new year. Like, I'm really hoping... I feel like at the end of every year, we're always like, oh, this year sucks. Let's move on to the next. Um, 2023 was a year, I think, of ups and downs for both me and I. But I'm simultaneously really scared for 2024, but also excited for some change. But as Mia said, we are going to be talking about self-help books, um, also some of our intentions for the new year. And yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so starting off with self-help books, I think this is something that Mia has a lot of experience with. She's personally read a couple of self-help books, and I'm actually here as more of someone like I'm like you guys. I'm sitting here actually learning about these books because I've never um, actually read a self-help book. Mia sent me some like podcasts and things like that that I actually have given a shot and found very helpful. But for some reason, I've just never sat down with an actual self-help book and, you know, figured I might as well help myself grow my mind. Um, I will say I did one time, I think it was in 2018 or 2019, I was having a pretty hard time mentally. And I ordered You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life by Jen Sincero, which you many of you may have seen before. It's like that bright yellow cover. Um, I ordered this on Amazon. It came came to my house. I never cracked her open. I never read this book. And I don't know why, but I think like honestly kicking off the conversation, you need to be in a certain headspace like when you're like mentally unwell to want to help yourself. Um, And clearly I had the intention to help myself, but I didn't really have the will at the time. So I just never opened her. But I am curious, Mia, to hear like what your experience was, kind of how you got into these books and then some of the recs you have for me and our listeners um, and anyone else who may be curious. Yeah, definitely. I think what's funny about a lot of these books that I've read is that I've almost always read them like at the behest of someone else, like either someone else has requested that I read them or like highly recommended it. I've never really like reached for them on my own, if that makes sense. But like for each one of them, I read them for each one of the ones that we're about to talk about. I read them and they had a very long lasting impact. Like I still think about them. So I first want to talk about Brene Brown. If Brene Brown has no fans, I am dead, of course, alongside the other millions of people that her books have reached. So I ended up reading her books out of publishing order, but the first one I read and my favorite read was her book, Rising Strong. So I actually read this for a class, and this was the semester immediately after my mom passed away in college, and it was just kind of like that magical feeling where a book comes into your life at the exact right moment that you need it. So Rising Strong is basically about the power of vulnerability in this kind of three-stage process of how you face a challenge or something going wrong and how you rise strong out of it and you come out the other side better for it. 
Um, and a lot of the overarching themes in the book talk about storytelling. She talks a lot about how the story you're telling yourself in your head um, can become your reality and how people can get stuck in it. Um, and recognizing what she calls your shitty first drafts. So recognize the story that you're selling, telling yourself and what your shitty first draft is. Go back and revise it. Um, and so with that kind of theme of storytelling, one of the anecdotes that really stuck out to me from this book is talking about Pixar. So funny enough, Brene writes this little anecdote that she went and she was having, I think, lunch or she was visiting with some of the main storytellers and writers and directors at Pixar. And they started talking about storytelling and Pixar, one of the directors tells her, oh, well, you know that we have this three-act storytelling structure that every single Pixar movie follows. The first is that act one, the protagonist is called to adventure. Act two, the protagonist solves the problem and usually hits rock bottom. And act three, the protagonist learns the lesson and comes out a little bit more enlightened. And so Brene talks about how this kind of mirrors her rising strong process and the most important part of the story is act two, when the character hits rock bottom. And so they talk about how you can't skip over the messy middle. There would be no story to tell. There would be no Pixar movie without the messy middle. There wouldn't be coming out a better side without the messy middle. So for something that was like so small, it stuck with me so much. And that every time I feel like I'm just in the chaos, I'm down in the dumps, I'm going through a period of change, I'm going through something really hard, I just have to remind myself, like, this is the messy middle, and I know that there's another side, I don't know how long it's going to last, I don't know how much work it's going to be to get to the other side, but I can recognize I'm in the messy middle, and for some mm -hmm. reason, just that recognition alone has done so much for me. I really like the concept of how Brene Brown discusses um, being like this the story you tell yourself about your life is kind of what you can get stuck in. I actually think that's something that like I do a lot, which I haven't put like a name to it until now when you just mentioned that. But, you know, I think something about self-help books like Brene Brown, it's if you have a therapist, like you might talk about all this stuff and stuff in therapy and like the way you think about your life and yourself, etc. But I almost just feel like reading these books, it's like a reminder to use these mantras every day. Like you said, like knowing that you're in the messy middle. I actually think this speaks to me a lot. Like I had a lot of change in 2023. Like I mentioned the top of the episode, some of it for the best, some of it not as much. And just for a while now, I've been feeling like I want some change for like the positive. It just hasn't happened yet. So this is just like a good reminder that, like you said, the messy middle might last a while. Like it, it's not, you know, a Pixar movie. It's only an hour, two hours. So the messy middle is going to be like maybe 20 to 30 minutes. Then we're going to get to act three where the protagonist learns the lesson and comes out more enlightened. But in real life, this messy middle might take a while to get through. And I think that's just like a good reminder because sometimes I'm like, it feels so never ending to be in this like messy middle but I always do remind myself like if you're at the lowest that you've like if you've hit rock bottom you will come up like there's nowhere else to go but up so I think that's kind of like the messy middle you know just knowing this too shall pass um which is a really helpful reminder and you know I really like that she like spoke with the Pixar um storytellers because that's just a really interesting like you know 
comparison since a lot of us probably grew up with Pixar movies and watching that. So we've been like sub subconsciously absorbing this theme and like, you know, act one through three, our entire lives just like without really recognizing that. Yeah. And it's a really like nice meta way of looking back. Like we've talked about like the power of storytelling before and the power of getting lost in a story. And so then like just the way that she frames up this book and the lessons from it is just so interesting because it literally circles back to that human mm -hmm. nature of one telling stories and also wanting to receive stories and be part of stories. So it's just, it's a really, really, really good book. If you're looking for some place to start, I highly, highly recommend this book. Yeah. And I think we also get stuck in our own story a lot. Like, like you said, like you can't really see out of it, but then a couple, couple years later, you might look back at a time period and be like, wow, like, I can't believe how stuck I was in that mindset. And I'm so glad that that's in the past, but like, it wasn't really as bad as I thought it was. Or maybe, you know, you look back and you're like, it actually was worse than I thought it was at the time. But yeah, like a story is really so powerful. And I think like a lot of us use reading, at least I know me and I do as an escape from reality, but I do think it is good to read these books, which actually helps you like tune in with reality. Um, these I love, love reading and I love, love the escape, but I definitely sometimes do feel like I use reading as like a crutch almost as like an escape from reality, almost like to a fault. And I think I've done this literally my entire life, like in childhood too. So I think reading these books it's like a good change up from kind of like escaping to like facing the reality because you know we can always escape to our books and our fantasy worlds things like that but at the end of the day you always have to go back to your own life definitely I think something else is that not every self-help book has to be like learning these intense lessons um in ways that are like oh this is the way to fix your life like all of the ones that I'm suggesting are actually much more they're much more helpful for just like a tool of reflection. Like you're like reading the book and learning these stories and learning these takeaways, but it's up to you to integrate it into your own life. Um, and so I think that that's where the power in self-help books lies. It's not in which book you pick up, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to suggest these, but also if you're not able to kind of take those key takeaways and integrate them into your own life, like whether it's having a new word or way to describe yourself in therapy or like you have a you take away a lesson about friendship or a relationship with your parents like any of these things even if you only take away one of them doesn't it mean that that book was worth the read worth the try I agree with that um if a book told me to like say this mantra in the mirror every morning I'd probably be like mm, I don't know about that but kind of more just like an overarching like suggestions and like how to kind of change your mindset I think is always better than like a do this and that and you will be less depressed in like a week. So the next book I want to talk about is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. This book legitimately changed my life. I actually believe that it should be required reading for women everywhere, for people everywhere, but especially women. Um, the book is just I mean I'm obsessed with her journey so for like a little bit of context she used to be a Christian motivational speaker and she was an author and she was literally like going on speaking tours she had just published her first book Love Warrior and she found out about her husband's infidelity and so she is going through this separation with her husband she's coming to grips with it and as she's doing that she's writing this book Untamed and she's writing small chapters of this book um, she ends up meeting her current wife, Abby Wambach, who if you don't know Abby Wambach, she 
um, was a former women's national soccer team player and captain, literally like my hero. I loved her so much. So the fact that the two of them are together, literally my Roman empire, I adore them. Um, and so I'm obsessed with this book because the way that Glennon has written it, it's written in these little short chapters and they're just like small stories and anecdotes. Um, some of them are as short as like one, two pages and all of them come together to tell this larger story within the book about being a woman and coming into your own power and loving yourself and trusting yourself um, and uplifting other women and trusting other women and knowing that you learning how to know the next right thing for yourself. And so she says that she wrote it that way because it's untamed. It doesn't follow a chapter structure. It doesn't follow a normal storytelling structure. And so that's the whole idea. So the tagline and the takeaway from the book is we can do hard things. And that is such a powerful mantra. That's such a powerful quote. I literally come back to this all the time. They also have a podcast called We Can Do Hard Things together um, along with Glennon's sister. And it's one of my favorite podcasts. The lessons here are just so, so, so good. Similar to Brene, she has another quote where she says, be careful with the stories that you tell about yourself. So just that theme and that takeaway for the fact that it's been so important to me for both of these books, it's clearly helped me a lot. And so I wanted to share that with you guys. <laughs> yeah, I love that. How, um, you know, like she tells her own story, but it is relatable to a lot of women. And I do agree that it kind of sounds like something you know, it should be required reading for a woman, even in like school. You know, I don't think growing up, uh, I'm curious now, like what kids in school are reading. But when I grew up, I don't think we were reading anything like this, at least anything that was like empowering for women, you know, like how to tell your own story, how to speak up. Um, And not just women, like I think men could read this too. And I think like a lot of books, you know, we think back to school and we're like, why did we learn this? It's not applicable to our later life, but like you subconsciously just like absorb all these ideas. And then in your adult life might like think back to it and you might not realize it's this book you read in like ninth grade. But, you know, I do think that sounds interesting um, and something that I would read because I always do love reading about like different women's experiences and how it might relate to me. Um, I think it's always really nice to realize that you're not alone in your experience and a lot of people are actually going through really similar things. Yeah. So I'll leave you guys with a quote from this one and I hope that you all go and pick up this book because it's amazing. When women lose themselves, the world loses its way. We do not need more selfless women. What we need right now is more women who have detoxed themselves so completely from the world's expectations that they're full of nothing but themselves. What we need are women who are full of themselves. A woman who is full of herself knows and trusts herself enough to say and do what must be done, and she lets the rest burn. It's so good. Just her writing, incredible. Chef's kiss. Damn. And I'll recommend it enough. <laughs> um. Our next book, though, is 101 Essays to Change the Ways You Think, and The Mountain is You. So I actually think, Mia, you had sent me the audiobook version of this. Shout out Spotify for just making some audiobooks included with premium. Love that. And it actually, I've never really been a big audiobook girl before, but I am thinking about becoming a big girly now. I mean, especially our return to office in 2024 won't have as much reading time during the day. I can just plug it in as I'm um, chugging away on my computer. 
But I know that this one you had sent to Mimia, and I had given a listen, but you actually read it, was chapter nine, which is 20 signs you're doing better than you think you are. So what was your like first reaction? You know, kind of what what made you go to this chapter, read it? Like, how did it make you feel? Um, you know, just kind of curious why this one spoke to you. Yeah, this one stood out to me a lot just because I think being in this like precarious position of your 20s and and she writes the chapter like specifically calling out that these are things these are signs that you're doing better especially if you're someone struggling in your 20s or just struggling to like make sense of the world um and so I'll give you guys a couple of examples of them but basically these reminders were just such quick to the point ways to pull me out of my own head and give me that context and like in a way it almost like kind of filled me with pride and like made me proud of myself like oh, wait, I am doing that. Like, that makes me feel good. I am doing better than I think I am because it's so hard or it's so easy to get bogged down in just like the rat race and constantly comparing yourself. We know comparison is a thief of joy. Um, And so, you know, guys, in the shitty period of time that is your 20s, here are some signs that you might be doing better than you think you are. No, it's just nice to put things in perspective you know I think whenever whenever I'm having a really bad day sometimes you do kind of want to just like wallow and be like I don't want to think about anyone else's struggles I just want to think about mine but if you do need a reminder that you're doing better and you're not like a failure um which I in my 20s I've definitely felt like that from comparing myself to others mostly but also just like the pressure I put on myself um but I think it is always a good reminder just to put things in perspective yeah So a few of the ones that stuck out to me um, was number one, you paid the bills this month. Maybe you even had extra to spend on non-necessities. It doesn't matter how much you belabored the checks as they went out, the point is they did and you figured it out regardless. Um, So obviously that's incredibly important, but it's also such a simple reminder. Um, Number two is you question yourself. You doubt your life. You feel miserable some days because this means you're still open to growth. This means you can be objective and self-aware and the best people go home at the end of the day and think, or maybe there's another way. So those two are kind of like contradictory because one of them is very tangible, like you paid your bills and the other one is more of a mindset. Like you question yourself, you're still open to new things. So I think it's important to remember that your 20s isn't only a time of growth um, or really it's more so a time of growth like for yourself and your personhood than it is for like climbing a corporate ladder um, or Mm -hmm. finding a romantic relationship or any of those things. It really is um, meant to be a period for yourself. yourself. I know you have so much time in your life to like think about work and think about relationships. Um, And I think that's definitely that something that was put in perspective for me, probably you, Mia, too, like after going through a breakup in our early 20s, um, it's just having, it's like scary to have a lot of time to think about yourself, but also it's very exciting to think, you know, I don't really know what's next, but like I am the decider of my own fate, no one else is, um, and like figuring out what's important to you, like is it quality time with friends and family and like exploring the world more so than just like, you know, being some badass in the corporate America and some people's priorities might be that but like I think you know it's just a good time of figuring it out yeah definitely Carly this is a sweet one number seven you have one or two truly close friends people tend to worry about the quality but eventually tend to realize the number of people you claim to be in your tribe has no bearing on how much you feel intimacy acceptance community or joy at the end of the day all we really want are a few close people who know us and love us no matter what 
This is a hundred percent been true for me. I am definitely, I've always been like a Closer close, friends. close friend type of person. I've never really gravitated towards like a large friend group. Um, Carly is evidence of this. <laughs> Yeah, no, same. And I also think in your 20s, you shed so many fake friends. Like, I think like in high school and college, it's a lot easier to keep those people around. But I've, I've lost a lot of friends like in my early 20s, but I think for the best. Um, And, you know, I think you also then have room to make even more quality friends. But yeah, I mean, I had the best time of my life in Austin, especially when I felt like I had this like really small group of friends. And like I had a couple different ones all over, but especially when me and our other coworker, we like became like a three unit and would do a lot of things together. Like that was always really fun. And I think it made us all like super happy and just like excited to hang out with each other. Um, I think it's the people that you don't get sick of, no matter how much you see them that you really know those are like your people. Um, but I've always had the thought like, if I ever get married, I just know like I'm not going to have a 200 person wedding unless you know, the person I marry is a big social butterfly and has a thousand friends because I prob don't have like thousands and thousands of friends and I prefer it that way but you know I think that can come with some insecurity in your 20s being like I don't have this huge group of friends especially living in New York City I think like a lot of the social circles here are like these big groups from like college and high school and I just like don't have that um and it's definitely been a source of like you know some insecurity and just being like you know it's kind of sad that I don't have like this huge group to refer to but then I remember that I have like my core besties who I can like talk to about anything and it just puts things into perspective definitely and then um both of these books are written by the same author Brianna Weiss so for the mountain is you my favorite chapter that I would recommend is chapter five um releasing your past this chapter kind of focuses on how you can't force yourself to release your past, but instead just acknowledging it and acknowledging that it will take time. And in the meantime, you need to focus on showing up for yourself where you are. Um, and then it talks about like a couple of different like techniques for doing that and healing from trauma. So I, both of these chapters I loved, I literally sent chapter nine of um, 20 signs that you're doing better to Carly. Like I sent that specific chapter and I was like, here, listen to it on Spotify. It's so good. Um, mm -hmm. like she said, so, you know, sometimes these books are also meant to be shared and talked about, like there shouldn't be a stigma about self-help books being like something like you're reading, like locked in your room and in the dark. Like I love talking about these books and these takeaways with my friends. Yeah. And like you said, you sent me the audio book version of that chapter. So we obviously have to like shout out podcasts. That's actually, even though I am curious about reading some of these books and now they'll be added to my ever growing TBR list. Um, but there are like some good self-help podcasts, like the psychology of your twenties. Um, me and I both really enjoyed listening to this one. I find the um, host to be, she's a very calming voice. She's Australian, my fave. So I've actually enjoyed listening to this one. Um, there's also We Can Do Hard Things, How to Build a ha Happy Life. And then also, like we said earlier, there's some audio books um, versions like um, 101 Essays to Change the Way You Think is on audiobook on Spotify if you have premium. So there's just a lot of different outlets to read, listen, and even though, like, Mia is the pro here, I 
haven't really had a lot of experience with self-help books, but I've had the interest. Um, and just from talking about it with Mia, it has made me realize like it's not, you know, it's it kind of sounds cheesy and like cliche to read a self-help book, but I've realized it's not. And I really do love hearing. I think we listen to podcasts to like hear about people's experiences. So why not listen to one that can like actually help you as well? All right, guys, now time for our rant section. And today we're going to be talking about setting intentions. But this is a little different than your typical setting intentions discussion because me and I are not fans of New Year's resolutions. We just think, you know, like New Year's resolutions, they always become these things where they're like held above your head. You feel like you have to accomplish them. And then I feel like you never end up accomplishing them. And a lot of times resolutions are very like superficial. It's like, I'll make more money. I'll lose weight. But I think that rather than setting a new year's resolution we're fans of setting an intention i think just that difference in like mindset and wording really does make a difference yeah definitely personally i'm not just like a new year's resolution person i've never done that my family's never done that but one of our family traditions is we like to do a one word um resolution and not even like a one word resolution but more of like what one word is going to be like the focus of our efforts for the year. So like some previous ones, like we did, I think like growth and um, like another one was uh, mobility. So like not just like exercise. Um, another one was like mm-hmm. mindfulness. Being active. Yeah. So like that kind of vibe. And so that's something that I've picked up over the last couple of years with my family that I think has been like a really nice way to think about it. So like if you could take away one suggestion from this, I would love to hear you guys' one word resolutions. Feel free to email us or DM us. Um, yeah. I'm kind of still thinking about mine. It's a few days before New Year's Eve as we're recording this, guys. So I have some mm-hmm. time, but um, I'll I'll update with my 2024 word very shortly. Yep. And like of course, going into the new year, I can't admit that I don't have all these ideas of like, I'm going to go to the gym at this time and I'm going to do this. Also, our work, um, me and I's like, you know, corporate nine to five, we're changing next year. We have more days in office. So I'm kind of just like trying to set intentions around my new like reality and like you know, rather than working from home a lot, I'm like, how can I change up my routine to fit into like working three days, how many days in office. But I also am trying to be more mindful, like I said, about not just setting a resolution, but setting an intention. So something that like I want to do this year um, is I just, you know, like an intention is I want to love myself more. Like I feel like it's always something you talk about in therapy. Like it's a journey to love yourself, but I'm never super consciously like working on that. And I think there's ways to do that. Like journaling or just like saying you know like manifestations every day or like looking yourself in the mirror every morning and being like I love the woman I am and things like that Um, but just like treating myself and others with grace I think 2023 was such an amazing and hard as fuck year for me like I like got new friends Mia and our other friends we had so much fun like my last few months in Austin were amazing and I feel like at the end of every year, you're always like, I'm so ready for the next year. But I also want to like reflect on this past year and be like, even though it was really hard and I did hit a lot of lows, I also did hit some highs. But like next year, I, I want 
to, you know, treat myself with that grace, but also treat my 2023 past self with that grace and say like, I did all I can. It's in the past. I can't go back to this year and change anything. So it's just more about like going forwards kind of with that mindset. And, you know, an example of that is like, you know, I've been single for almost a year now and I have not really dated. And that is something that I've been very hard on myself upon, but I think that going into the new year, it's like, I just need to treat myself with grace because when it happens, it happens and it's not a priority right now. So you just got to like realize what your priorities are, which I think is what setting intentions really is. It's like ranking your priorities and knowing what you want um, and what's not as important to you. Yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely the season of like reflecting on the past year as we're going into the next year, exactly like you were saying. I've had a lot of those same revelations, obviously, because we've had mm-hmm. really similar um, experiences yeah. this past year. I'm literally sitting in front of Mia's Christmas gift to me. And one of them, one of the gifts was a book. And she says in her note, since the dating life is down due to books anyways, figured this would make sense while referring to um, a book that she gifted me to take myself out on a self-date, which is an intention for myself, you know, self-dates. But go on, Mia. I just had to throw on that little that little note as it's literally sitting in front of me right now. Emma by Jane Austen. Yes, you guys. I had to give Carly, obviously, a bookish-themed Christmas gift, and I have Mm -hmm. yet to open hers, but I'm so excited to see what it is. I'm excited. Um, Yeah, so I think, like, for me, reflecting on the past year, something that I was working on coming out of the breakup, again, similarly, I wasn't focused on dating, but what I was focused on was forming new female friendships and prioritizing my female friendships, and this is something that we talked about pretty early on in the pod because – in a kind of meta way, this is like a a reflection and a perfect example of what that effort and work meant um, when you are prioritizing friendships and you're making new friends with people um, post-grad and like forming these kind of different friendships in your 20s, which friendships are changing, friendships that you've had for years are changing. Maybe you don't live in the same city as your best friends anymore. And so I think that's been something for me for 2023 that I definitely want to continue to carry over to 2024. So I think it's important to also think about intentions don't also necessarily need to be things, new things that you want to start. They can also be things that you're proud of for prioritizing Mm -hmm. or for accomplishing. um, Like continuing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think me and I, I think we've also talked about this. I think there's been like revelations I've had this year that I want to carry into the new year and like as we're talking about dating and like female friendships I realized that in my relationship like I don't think I really cultivated and like kept so close to heart a lot of my female friendships and I think some of them had suffered so I think it's like going into the new year it's like if we were to ever date if we were to like you know have another significant other I now know that like I wouldn't want to do that again and I would treat myself very differently but again like I think that's giving yourself grace. Like, I don't look back at that time and be like, wow, I suck because I was like that in my relationship, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, I think it's more of just a reflection thing. Um, And yeah, a lot of things I've learned this year, like I would say the intentions of loving myself more and treating myself with grace, like that's a new intention I want to set because I don't think I was doing a great job of it in 2023. But like, 
you know, cultivating the female friendships, like prioritizing things outside of like superficial things in my life, like rather than being like, oh, I need these clothes, this vacation, I need to look a certain way, like trying to prioritize like who I surround myself by and like what brings me joy and things like that. Whether it's just like a walk with friends versus, you know, going out one night, just really knowing what's good for you. And I realize I'm like, I love a night on the town and I want to prioritize that. Like I want to be friends with people who also love going out, but also I want to prioritize people that can easily just go get like a matcha and a walk and catch up for like three hours. And that'd be great as well. I think another thing um, is again, like for me going into 2024, I want to keep some of those lessons, but I also do want to set new intentions. Like I think something for me is especially routine and that kind of gets at what you were talking about. Like we do have some kind of changes coming from our corporate nine to five life. Um, I'm planning to move. So stay tuned for updates Mm -hmm. on that. So excited. That's going to be such a change in 2024. Like I'm not even ready for it because I just don't even know what it has in store, but that is very big very big for both of us not just Mia it's it's gonna be it's gonna be be important for the both of us absolutely Mm -hmm. um and so I think that like for that too I also we've talked about this before but I want to continue having this mindset is that comparison is the thief of joy like we know that our 20s are just such a time of change and transformation and all of the people around you you're all in different spaces Mm -hmm. You're all achieving different things on different timelines. Um, And so it's really important to, like, not only give yourself grace, like Carly has been saying, Mm -hmm. but also, like, give your friends grace and, like, coming from a mindset of I am so happy for the people in my life who are, like, having these different experiences, even though sometimes Mm -hmm. they might look very, very different from yours. Um, And also – being happy for yourself and and practicing gratitude for where you are at giving yourself gratitude but also allowing yourself like we've said before as well like to wallow like i i let myself wallow for like a day maybe a couple hours and then by the next day like i've moved on and i'm mentally okay and yes i'm still gonna be like struggling a little bit but like i really mentally try to just like not focus in anymore not talk about it move on um and i think that goes into it too like but comparison really is like the thief of joy so I think you know just realizing that well I don't want to compare myself if I do like that's okay I can't really control those thoughts but just knowing going forward like I want to make a conscious effort to not do it and like even I feel like for example I really in the past few years have learned to like be really happy for my friends and even if my life isn't going so well if their life is going great like I'm very happy for them and I honestly nine out of ten times like never really harbor negative feelings towards it um like you know for example some of my friends got into relationships as mine ended and I wasn't like wow like you know that I wasn't like salty that they were in these serious relationships just in my ended which I could have been no but I actually realized that I compare myself mostly to like strangers not really strangers it's like people I follow on Instagram so I know them but we're not close like I don't talk to these people it's people from college or high school or whatever that I have nothing to do with but I find myself comparing myself a lot to those people so you know I think that's an intention for me it's like I've mastered kind of one part of the comparison like what, what would I call this the comparison like journey but I need to like I need to finalize that journey for myself. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, it's also important not to judge yourself because it's a natural thing to do. 
it's just the importance of like recognizing those thoughts and that pattern and like being able to break the story that you're telling yourself definitely um, that comparison yeah exactly because also you know that like when you're at your life's high you're not comparing yourself it's always when you're at your lowest so you just have to realize that like it's just a bad day things will look up and then I won't be like stalking this person's Instagram and saying oh look at every vacation they've gone on this year like it'll be okay um but Mia I know that you love making vision boards so I'm curious to hear what is on your vision board for 2024 as we literally near the end of the year um in two days three days however long it is First of all, I just want to say that vision boarding is for everybody. It's such a fun, easy thing to do. Literally, all you're doing is taking photos. I do mine on Pinterest, so it's really, really easy. But you can also print out photos. You can cut them out of magazines. And all it is is a form of just kind of putting out there like – this is what I want to achieve. Like, this is where I want to go. So mine are kind of a mix. But like, for example, for 2023 – so. But at the end of 2022, when I had kind of gone through this change of rediscovering reading by finishing all of the Massiverse, like right towards the end of the year, around like November, December, I was working on my vision board for 2023. And I put a bunch of things related to books. Um, I knew that I was going to be moving out and moving into my new apartment. So I put a bunch of things like I had a photo of like an empty apartment holding a key and things like that. So Mm -hmm. it can be things that you're you already know are going to happen that you're looking forward to. Like, it's not like some form of like, oh, I'm going to put a hundred thousand dollars on my vision board and I'm going to become rich. Become like like, rich. No. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's funny because I personally don't make vision boards, but I do like imagine what the next year, but also at the same time, I kind of just go into the year being like, I don't fucking know. And I don't want to know. And I just let the year like, kind of like take me like, I'm like, take me by the reins and lead me. Um, and I feel like it's like two different kinds of people where you're like making a vision board, you're like manifesting the year. You're like, I want like this. I want this to happen. You know, if it doesn't, maybe next year, I'm like, don't ask, don't tell. Um, we actually had this conversation um, a couple weeks ago at work. I mean, I don't know if you were a part of this, but everyone asked, would you rather travel to the past or the future? And I'm like, the past 100%. I would love to live out my little Victorian like period drama era, you know, slay. But do not want to see the future whatsoever. And the people that answered they wanted to see the future, I was like... <gasps> oh my god you guys are psychopaths could not be me like I avoid looking to the future at all costs like like I said I set intentions but at the same time I'm more of just like a I have my intentions whatever else happens happens kind of makes it exciting you know you're like I don't know what the year has in store which even if you make a vision board you still don't know what the year has in store things change very very quickly um and sometimes you put something on your board and then you don't get it and you're like wait it's actually better that I didn't which we've also talked about that before um in our manifestations episode but yeah vision boards are I feel like it's also just like a fun little end of year um activity if you're a Pinterest girly I do want to say that in my mind I was like oh it's 2023 and I turned 23 this year that's funny I turned 24 this year, so I just want to say all it's like that week in between Christmas and New Year's where just brain, brain don't work. Um, I actually, you guys, as we're speaking, I just pulled up my 2023 vision board. So for the last year, and I have some cute photos that I literally have photos with Carly and some of our other friends like from the year. Like I have a photo of this vision board. That 
where so, like the photo is taken from the back seat of a car and there's two friends in the front seat and you're driving with the windows down blasting music and Carly and I have photos exactly like that from our literally in the Hamptons. Hamptons. Yeah. I have photos of a beat of a book on the beach like just like holding and reading that the Hamptons I also Hampton. we accomplished so much in the Hamptons I accomplished so much in the Hamptons I have a little photo looking down on like a charcuterie um picnic with like several friends sitting around and we did that in Austin at Zilker Park for Blues on the Green um I mm -hmm. literally freaky that we're talking about this because I haven't looked at this board like at all like definitely almost since I made it so now this is like yeah. cute. I have you guys a photo of the book 101 essays that will change the way you think that we talked about in the reading section on my 2023 vision board and I read this book like two weeks ago that is crazy it really I feel like it's like your mind keeps these things back of mind but then you kind of forget about them but it's still kind of there so I'm sure when you saw this book and you know like maybe you didn't even remember that it was on your vision board but like back of your mind you're like I recognize that like I should go watch that um but yeah I mean I think 2024 is gonna be a good year like I'm trying to have a good feeling about it and I think yes we know that like we said we're always like oh that year this year sucked let's move on to the next it's not even me thinking that because I'm like oh 2023 sucked I just I think that 2023 was a lot of change and I I'm hoping for more like stability in 2024 but like good change as well like I want change and stability at the same time and I think like that's my priority for this year it's not like I said it's not like I'm like I need to lose 20 pounds I'm more like I want to be stable and happy but I want good change to come as well and if negative change comes then I'm gonna hope that it's for the best and that like my life is my life path is taking me down you know down that path for a certain reason yeah I think new year is always really interesting new year's eve is a whole other discussion I'm not a big New Year's Eve fan. I always think it's overrated. It's like so hard to organize something to do. You get too drunk. You're so hungover on the first day of the year. If you're not, kudos to you because I don't think I've had a non-hungover January 1st since I was like 15. Um, but just like so dead the next day. Um, I feel like it's hard if you're single because it's such like a couple's holiday. But then when you're a couple, I, like you get into like huge fights. Like everyone I know that has a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever they always are like yeah we always like tiff on um new year's eve so let's set our intentions but let's move past new year's eve but even though new year's is not my favorite holiday and it might not be some of yours as well just know that me and i are still cheersing to you guys with a glass of champagne through the mic and we wish you guys a happy new year and also Thank you so much for listening. Me and I started this podcast only a couple months ago when we launched. This was like our 2023 dream and it's come to life. And whoever is out there listening to this, just know we really appreciate it. But we are open to suggestions. We have a lot in store for next year. So just get ready. 2024 is going to be a great year for Reading and Ranting Pod. All right, guys. So if you've listened to some of our recent episodes, you'll know that me and I have put out a Throne of Glass deep dive as well as in A Court of Thorns and Roses deep dive, all Sarah J. Mass books. Um, and we're very excited for next episode to be a Crescent City deep dive. We know that Crescent City 3 is coming out on January, January 30th, 2024. 
so pumped. I cannot believe it's almost here. I am like foaming at the mouth, but this is actually going to be a two part. So next week we'll have our first part of this deep dive. And then we also will be having a theories episode dedicated to the mass verse and all the crossover as Crescent City 3 is slated to come out shortly. So get ready. We cannot wait to discuss our theories, but also just deep dive into what we love about Crescent City. And we're always looking for book recs. So if you have a suggestion, shoot us a DM on TikTok at reading and ranting pod or email reading and ranting pod at gmail.com. Until next time, happy reading, besties.